I'm Barry Worthington. I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Adam Pendlebury. And this is the Progress with Unity podcast. Another game, another win, and we turned the stadium blue and white as well. Nice performance from the North West Singer as well. Unfortunately, I missed it because uh, we got to the ground at 10 to 3. Seen the videos. Well done, Logan. Absolutely brilliant. What yeah. a game, though. Very exciting game. I mean, from the first minute to pretty much the last minute, really. I mean, we could have been one down, couldn't we? Very easily in the first minute. And then, you know, they, they had a. They had a corner, didn't they, in the last minute. We were surprised the goalkeeper didn't go up. And in between that, there was some nice, pleasant football. And, you know, I think both sides, you'd say, had at least three or four good chances. And then there were a few half chances as well, weren't there? I'll go through the stats, because I think this really does highlight what type of game it was. We had 54% of the possession with 24 attempts to Northampton's 17. So I think that emphasises what type of game it was. On target five to the three... Corners 8-5 to five in the Latics' favour. Fouls, 10 committed by the Latics, 14 by Northampton. Four yellow cards apiece. We had Chris Sees, Tom Pierce, Callum Wang boot, and Stevie Humphreys, but... I don't know what he got booked for. It was a bit, That was a bit of a strange one. And the attendance was 10,095. So going back to those attempts, they started off in quite a very positive way. Some neat little passing. I thought it was a very open game. Played on the ground as well. It, like I say, it was a very entertaining game. I think Mr Humphrey's got booked for advising the officials how to improve the way they officiate the game. There was nothing else going on around there. So that's the only thing I can... Uh, conclude that was it was a good game on balance i think we edged it we've started well and and we can't complain like you said there was a few decent chances for both sides and it could have gone the other way for me good spirit is is the thing that i always look at the comeback they're all screaming minus two baby at the end yeah from a team spirit it's a great result and a, a great game and a good entertaining watch yeah recovering from a losing position I think shows that um, that character, doesn't it, in the team. And so we've got that out of the way. And we've, last week we won a, one of the favourites and showed resilience there. So, you know, I think so far, so good, really, you know, in terms of the, the types of performances that we've given. If we look at the goals as well, the first goal, Northampton, they brought through the centre. Matty Smith tripped their player up and I thought he was going to get booked. I thought it was a booting, but he didn't get booted this week. So, so yeah. he's, he's missed the game there. But what a lovely free kick that was. It was Hoskins who was uh, the leading goal scorer from last season for Northampton. So he's off the mark. A lovely goal. I don't think uh, we could fault Tittle at all. And the, the wall was set up adequately as well, I'd say. Yeah, one that yeah. Lord would have been proud of himself. Do you remember the one against QPR towards the end of the season when Maloney, you just put it in that postage stamp and there's nothing you can do. You just have to applaud it, don't you? And say, don't give another one away just in that position. <laughs> <laughs> Reminded me of the one Enzogbia scored to get us going against West Ham. Roughly the same part of the pitch, plonked in the same absolute corner of the goal. When they're taken that well, there's nothing you can do. You just have to stand back and say, yeah, fair play. That was on on 24 minutes, and uh, I thought the game had been quite open up until that point. You mentioned right at the start that they could have gone ahead in the first minute, and it was a bit of a scramble, and we managed to get the ball away, and we did defend resolutely, I thought. And then I thought Maloney reacted quite well because he he, he seemed to change not only the personnel but the substitutions, but he, he changed the way we were set up to, to put a little bit of different... 
little bit of different drive into the team. At one point, I know we were laughing earlier on when we were discussing it off air, about the fact we had just had one centre-half on the pitch and two attacking full-backs. I think that was the second substitution, wasn't it? That, well, was it? yeah, we, we yeah. brought up, yeah. we brought on Mike Manaman for Smith on fifty-five, and then Chris right. Sees came on for Liam Morrison on seventy minutes. Something else came on as well, didn't it? The piece of paper. The way I look at, at those substitutions, Mike Manaman's come on to give you a, a bit of impetus. Then you've brought Chris Sees on for Liam Morrison, which is not so much a bit of panic, but. But a real change of formation, a real sort of real positive change. And then you, you look at what's for Humphreys, a decor for Asgard. You went more attacking, you got in front, and then you showed it up. It just, it's good common sense substitutions. But Manaman's substitution for Scotty Smith it changed it round a little bit as well because Asgard dropped into deeper position, but it meant we had two players on the left, didn't we, as well? We had both Pierce and McManaman who were both overlapping each other at times, weren't they? Maloney reminds me so much about of Roberto Martinez. It's blatantly obvious that, you know, they're from the same school. The way that Martinez used to change it and during games, Maloney's doing exactly the same thing. And you mentioned the other piece of paper, Adam, and I remember when it got past to Matt Smith, he looked down at it, looked over to the bench, looked down at it again, shook his head and opened his arms as though to say, what does it mean, this? I don't know what you're <laughs> telling me here. A very comedic moment, that. That's what I was saying before. If, if we were we were trying, we were a bit baffled by, I wouldn't say panic, but how attacking we went with still quite a big period of time left in the game. And I think that's corroborated, like you said, with when one of, one of the players on the pitch seemed baffled there. <laughs> I think the, uh, the the supporters can, it's understandable that they're baffled, but that can be part of the genius, can't it? The thing with that is you looked at the players that were on the pitch and the formation that comes out of the players that were on the pitch was not obvious. It was like, well, somebody's going to be playing out of position a little bit here. How are we going to line up? Are we really going to line up with just the one centre-half? It doesn't make sense. How often do you see it? So nobody understands it. And then, actually, yeah, we were. <laughs> to understand it, it'll all come together. I don't think it was something that they didn't probably, you know, not talked about or, or run through in training. They'll have done, they'll have been through. He's not just said, Matt, let's get at him. We'll just go where we want at the back. I don't think he said that on that piece of paper. Maybe Matt Smith was ill that day when they taught them that. It's like, it's like missing a, like you were talking about schools before. It's like missing a day of school and you've missed a key part of uh, maths or something. And maybe he was off that day and <laughs> that's why he didn't understand it. Whatever it were, it worked. Tom Pierce, I, for me, had a storming game yesterday and he got another assist with a corner. But before then, some of his crossing was unbelievable. He was going first time crossing, one touch, half a cross, a little bit of a run and a cross. And I don't think re- the uh, Northampton defenders knew exactly which particular point of play that he was playing, where the cross was going to come from. But I have to say this, I was really impressed with the two centre-backs. Now, the Marshall, Charlie Wyke, I thought they had a really good game. And it was a great... I thought the great battles all over the pitch. It was so entertaining yesterday. If we get served up with this by both sides as the season progresses... That season ticket price will, will, will be oh, some value for money. It, I really, really enjoyed yesterday. Fantastic. But getting back to Pierce, I thought it, I thought his uh, distribution was absolutely top class yesterday. He's an he's an early um, top in the league on the assists, uh, joint top at the moment, and really he should be top because Charlie White had a good game again, but he should have scored that, shouldn't he? At the end, you know, and then Tom Pierce is on three. Three assists, then isn't he? He's always had that quality, but but I think 
what he's got now is he seems to have the confidence to whip it first time, and that's what I like. Yeah, he's always had that. I, I think the only reason Tom Pierce went missing for 12 months is because James McLean was there in, in that spot. There was another effort at the back post as well in the first half with Langett. How did he miss that? It was whipped across, and it fell yeah. at his feet, didn't it? Right on the far post. It was just like he just needed to swing his toe about half an inch forward, and he was is in the back of the net. But it was just brilliant to see all these chances. Humphreys, see, I mean, he, he definitely gets his shot numbers up. His philosophy is basically, whatever I can do here, I want to have a shot. And you've got to actually admire that at times, because how frustrating is it when people get into that position and they don't have a shot? You might need to measure it a little bit more. But certainly, uh, was it early in the second half? That was an excellent save from the goalkeeper. When, yeah, that one where he cut inside. Well, it's a different option to have, isn't it, really? Yeah. I thought he had a, quite a poor first half, but a good second half. Yeah, that second half, he was immense. He was three yeah, players running yeah. about one part, and he's just bulldozing his way through them. He's got some thighs, that lad, hasn't he? I mean, them thighs. <laughs> he's a strong lad, but uh, the other thing I like as well, he's just well up for it, isn't he? You know, he's just, like, you see him at the end of the game, he's head minus two, baby, as he's coming <laughs> off, isn't he? You know, so I, I like that, me, that it's, he just loves the club, doesn't he? He was yeah. there at Wembley, wasn't he, in 2013? I mentioned the Smiths, the Smith brothers in midfield. Scotty Smith, was that his first start yesterday in the league? Yeah, first league start, yeah. I thought he equipped himself quite well. He did okay for a first first game, didn't he? Um, you know, he didn't look overly nervous, did he? He looked, like, confident. And I think sometimes when he came on last year or he played in, you know, maybe a couple of cup ties, I wonder whether he... He was still nursing his way back because that was a bad injury that he got, didn't he, two seasons ago? So maybe he's got a bit more confidence during that injury as well. And he's going to be an important part of the squad this season because, you know, there's no way in the world we're going to be able to... I'd be amazed if Matt Smith isn't suspended by October. (laughs) Yeah. So what would I think? I'll tell you what, Chris C. Chris C. might be getting close as well. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, the opposite of that was the bloody, especially the second half, going down that right-hand side, Charlie White got shoved a few times, Humphreys got shoved, and there was next to no given. I think that might have been why he was having a, a gentle chat with the linesman when he got booked. Just, there were some ridiculous decisions that weren't given down there, right in front of the linesman. That starting lineup yesterday contained five graduates from the academy. Five lads who's come through our academy. Tittle, Hughes, Smith, Lang and Asgard. Considering how difficult it's been for lads to come through the system at Wigan Athletic over the past few years, that's a fabulous testimony to how good that academy is. There was a comment in Wigan today about, obviously, the, the announcement rather than the appointment of Gregor as a Gregory Oak as a sporting director. And he's saying he's one of the most influential signings in recent years. And I was like, how can you say he's one of? He is the most influential signing for years and years. Because how many times do those graduate lads, those academy fellas, need to contribute to the first team, save the club by being sold? And that's all his work. Absolutely immense to this football club, Gregory Oak. Well deserved of his promotion. Callum McManaman came on. We've mentioned his substitution. He was a little bit dynamic when he came on. He is off the block into woof and is away. What a goal from Callum McManaman. Just gets by that half a yard and just blasts it into the uh, into the top corner. And what, what I like, so I don't know if, if you've um, seen the interview with it, 
And he actually said it's the greatest moment in his career. And and I think that says everything about where his head is now. I think, you know, he was riding it, riding a crest of a wave when the FA Cup run. But I think he knows now the, the work that he's put in over the last six months. You know, and he must have gone through a lot of pain to get from, from where he was to where he is now. Because it's hard work, even for us amateurs. If we go out for a run after missing for a few weeks, it's really painful. And he's had to get up to elite athlete in that time as well. So to score that goal after all that work, that's the culmination, really. And a, and a lot of credit has got to go to Sean Maloney for giving him that. That belief really has come back and I think he'll be another important player for us this season. Yeah, it makes you very proud, don't it, of these lads and I'll tell you what I liked as well. You said, we've not mentioned it. Mike Danson's uh, message you entered on the official website, he, he said what we all wanted to hear. It's going to be a sensible approach. He was touting about how proud he is to come from Wigan and to be part of the club and whatnot. You know, obviously somebody that came to Wigan. You know, my kids are both from Wigan and it, it's, it, it is, it just makes you proud to be part of the journey that he's setting out on really, isn't it? If we can do it this way, the way that we're setting out, I think it's the right way to do it. We're not buying success, we're not throwing money at it, we're doing it steadily, hopefully bringing the fan base together with it. You look at the statement, the start of his statement in the eight weeks that we've been custodians of the club. And I, I commented that eight weeks seems like two seconds, but it seems years, doesn't it? Because what's been changed and how we, everything seems to have changed from the last days of Al Jasmine. Let's get back to the game. Man of the match. Some fantastic performances yesterday. It, very difficult. You can always tell when we've played really good because everybody gets a nomination and there were nominations spread all over the place yesterday. Sean Clough, Tom Pierce, Adams, Matt Smith, who's looking to be a, come a firm favourite. Callum McManaman was second in the poll, but the winner, the man of the match, as voted for by the Progress with Unity listeners on both Facebook and Twitter was our number six, Charlie Hughes. So congratulations, Charlie. We'll move on to Tuesday evening. Tuesday evening, we're heading up the M6 to Brunton Park. We're going to face a team that we've not played for 23 years, Carlisle United. And I'm delighted to say I'm being joined today by Lee Rooney from Brunton Park Buell. How are you doing, Lee? I'm not too bad, thanks, uh, mate. I'm uh, very much looking forward to Tuesday night. I think this is the game that our fans have been looking forward to the most this season. And I think there's a there's a level of frustration that the home game's on a Tuesday night, because I think you guys would have been bringing up a huge... I mean, I'm sure you'll bring a big following in, but you would have been a huge following if it had been a Saturday. And vice versa, the away game being like Friday night over Christmas. It's like, I know they brought the game forward to seven o'clock, you know, so that Technically, you can get a train back, but it's going to... I mean, with the added on time they're putting on now, it's probably pointless. You probably won't be able to get a train back after the game. So, looking forward to today, even though our start to the season's been a bit sticky so far. You had quite a good season under Paul Simpson. And I'd like to ask, has he turned the fortunes of the club around? He's he's a magnificent manager. He's he's Everything he's done for us has been incredible. It's his second spell, obviously, as manager, you know. And it's only the first time around he actually did get us relegated to non-league football. But it wasn't his fault. He picked, he took over a squad that was an absolute shambles, turned us around, got us back from non-league football, and then up to League One the season after. With it. He left to go to Preston. He's had mixed fortunes as a manager since then. And I think he's he became a bit jaded by it. Gone away and done a lot of coaching with the FA so he did really well with the um, England youth setups obviously winning the one of the youth world cups I think it was with the under 20s the chance to come back to us came last season because we were just an absolute I mean I can't even begin to describe how bad we were not last season the season before how bad we were at that point he came in 
kept us up comfortably in the end. Like the turnaround from day one was just ridiculous. And then last season, we were going to finish about 20th, 17th, somewhere around about that point, right about where we'd finished the season before. But we were all like, you know what? He's putting together quite a decent squad here, actually. Some good players here. There's every chance we could get ourselves, you know, up up in the top half at the least. As it was, we, we probably should have finished top three, but we had a little bit of an injury issue for a while, which cost us a bit. And we ended up in the playoffs, to be honest, because we had some brilliant games against Bradford and Stockport in, the, in those playoff games. And the job he's done in terms of turning around this club, and it's not just in terms of on the field, off the field. The job he's done is frankly remarkable. And yeah, we haven't started this season great so far and I think it's been a bit of a, an eye-opener to us as to you know what happened at this level how much of a step up it is and how much in terms of finances a step up it is as well but I think that's been a big big shock to but I'm still really confident he can keep us in this league You've got one of our former players in your ranks Joe Garner when he played for Wigan Athletic I always thought all he wanted to do was go on and fight everybody he was on the bench yesterday for your game at Oxford has he played this season or is he going to be a fringe player do you think? Thing to start, Joe's likely to be used as a sub. What you got to remember about Joe is this is Joe's fourth spell with us. So we initially signed him in 2007, I think it was, from Blackburn on loan. Did really well. That summer we signed him permanently. So that was his second spell. Had a brilliant season for us, but then got an ACL injury in the February against Crew, I think it was. In the summer, we sold him for 1.14 million to um, Nottingham Forest. We ended up getting him back on loan from Watford. We'd gone to Watford after that. Did really well in his loan spell, scored a penalty against Preston. Preston happened to be his hometown club and decided when he was available permanently to nip in and get in before we could. So he's, he's, we signed him last summer because we needed an experienced player up front just to just to do that dirty work and just be a horrible, nasty... He's always been like that. Since, since we signed him as an 18-year-old, he was like that. He was going to score as many goals, but late on in games, he's quite a useful player to throw on and just be, just take a bit of pressure, I think. And we still love him. We think he's, he's still great, but I, I think we're all realistic and know he's not going to play the full 90 minutes in games. Whether he'll start on Tuesday night, I don't know. We've looked a little bit powder puff up front in the first couple of games. We've got big lad Ryan Edmonton who started his first game of the season on um, Saturday. He's quite good, but we were playing like a winger, Jordan Gibson alongside him. And I do wonder if he might look to put another striker in there possibly for Tuesday night, maybe it would have been a home game, but Joe's not changed. He's he's still all elbows. You mentioned uh, Edmonton. Is there anyone else we should look out for within your squad? John Mellish is a, a character to say this. We signed him from Gateshead about four or five years ago. He's our longest serving player now. He came in, he was only about 2021, 20, and he looked raw. And then in the COVID season, he played him in midfield and he scored 17 goals from midfield. We tried him as a striker for a bit. Then Simo comes in and Simo takes one look, takes one look at him and goes, no, you're a defender, mate. I'm going to play you in a defence. I'm going to play you on the left side, but I'm going to give you a bit of freedom to get forward and, and cause problems. He basically plays as a box-to-box defender now. And he essentially, you, you probably see him as much in the opposition half on the left wing as you will in playing in defence. Because the, the two at the back basically just slot in and become a back four effectively when he when he goes forward and one of the midfielders drops a bit deeper. The fans love him, but I've got to mention Owen Moxon. Owen Moxon. We signed him last summer from Annan Athletic. Annan Athletic's manager is a guy called Peter Murphy, who's our record appearance holder outfield. Murphy contacted Simpson when he got the job back as Murphy. And he said to Simpson, he said, you're going to need to come and watch this lad. Managed to get him in the summer. We thought he'll take his time to bed in. He was unbelievable. He played in midfield, scored six goals. I think he had 15 assists, I think, in the end or something like that, maybe more. Set piece is fantastic. His passing ability is brilliant. He, so he gets stuck in as well, but he's just got that bit of quality in the ball. Saturday, he had a gastronitis, so he didn't play. They're hoping he'll be fit for Tuesday night. I think it showed how much we miss him because we we were a little bit exposed defensively. And that's the kind of thing where he maybe would have screened a bit better. And Callum Guy, who's very good in midfield, 
couldn't cover as much there. So yeah, they're the two. We've got Big Thomas Holy and Nets Valley, six foot nine. Yeah, attacks where we're maybe lacking a little bit at the moment, really. And looking ahead for the season then, where do you see Carl Arthur? Do you think you're gonna struggle or are you gonna be mid table? Do you think you could actually push for for the playoffs? I don't think there's much chance of playoffs. I, I, the feeling is if we can maybe get a couple more good attackers in before the end of the window closes, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be lower mid table. But if we don't it could be a bit of a slog. I'd, I'd bite anyone's hand off for 20th place right now, if I'm brutally honest, because that would just mean we're staying up and that would be a chance to say, right, we're now a League One club. We've done a season. We're League One club again. Tuesday. How do you see Tuesday going? And can I have a score prediction off you as well, please? I think it's going to be tough because I look at you guys starting the season. We, we all said in our thing, look, you guys probably aren't. That eight point is probably going to make it tough for you guys to be top two. But you've started so well, it's kind of like, all right, they are a pretty good team, aren't they? You know, I think it's going to be tough for us, but I'll take a 1-1 draw right now. But 1-1. And I've got to predict Joe Garner to score the goal, haven't I? Later on, maybe coming on as a sub. And, he'll, and I'm sure he'll, he'll let you guys know about it, definitely. Lovely speaking to you, Lee. Uh, I wish you Thanks. the best of luck this season. I hope you're off the field problems get sorted quickly and uh, if people want to check your podcast out the brunton bugle where can they find you yeah we're on all good podcast apps just search for brunton bugle you can you can download the latest episodes we'll be doing a preview obviously the wigan game as well and yeah just bruntonbugle.com as well thank you very much thanks for that lee lee rooney from the brunton bugle another pragmatic preview from a newly promoted club so it's nice to hear Right, the ref watch for Tuesday night. The referee will be Mark Edwards from Sunderland. And he's been on the national list since the 2019-2020 season. He's previously refereed the Latics three times, twice in League One during the administration season, which was two victories away at Saturday's opponents, Northampton Town, and at home against Accrington Stanley. And he also refereed us in the Pizza Trophy in August of 2011, which was a goal draw against Wolves under-21s, but we won that game on penalties. His card watch, Mark Edwards, had his first game of the season on Saturday. He was at Valley Parade for the Bradford versus Colchester League 2 game, which finished 2-1 on to Bradford. And during that game, he dished out four yellow cards, two to each team. And that is Mark Edwards, who will be the referee for the trip to Carlisle. Thanks, Paul. So we've met Carlisle 17 times down the years, winning 10 and losing. This is for those who like to do maybe a pre-match coupon. There's never been a draw between these uh, two sides. Our first meeting is in 1934. It's an FA Cup record of a non-league over the league opposition where we beat Carlisle on their own patch 6-1. We've actually been drawn to play the Cumbrians five times in the FA Cup and we've won them all. I seem to remember us winning one 5-0 uh, once at Springfield Park. League meetings are a little different. We've played in the same division on just five occasions. Each time either us or Carlisle have done the double of home and away wins. With us doing it twice in 86 and uh, 87, and 96-97, um, and Carlisle completing their doubles on three occasions, 93-94, 94-95 and 97-98. My favourite game is the uh, uh, 1996 meeting uh, in November when Isidro Diaz scored two absolute classic goals in a 3-0 win. The last two meetings have been in the EFL Trophy, or to win screens as it was, 26 uh, January 99, up the M6 for a 3-0 win the year that we won it. 
at the last meeting a year later, 25th of January 2000, backfired slightly with Carlisle winning the tie 2-1. Amazingly, it's 23 years and eight months since we last played each other. Back to Barry for the predictions. Wow. I mean, when you think about that, it's tw- you call it 24 years, quarter of a century since we've played Carlisle. In the league, even longer than that, isn't it? You know, they were cup games. So it doesn't feel like that at all, does it? No, no uh, definitely not. Oh, frightening. We're getting old. Predictions. Lee, Lee's gone for a, a diplomatic one-all draw with Joe Garner, scoring for them, <laughs> which w- wouldn't be diplomatic at all, would it? I remember the season when, when all our games finished 3-2, and every time we did predictions, everybody was predicting 3-2. This is the season of the two ones. I, that's exactly what I'm going to go for. I think we're going to win this. We're going to win it 2-1. The problem is, it's it's been good so far. Are we just getting carried away? Maybe we're not quite as strong as we think we are. I'm going to agree with Lee and go with 1-1. One, one. Oh, history maker. I'm pretty confident, to be honest. I, I, from what I've seen of Carlisle so far, I think they're weaker than... It's only early, but it's weaker than our previous two opponents. The confidence is high. Uh, we've got options from the bench, which is always important. Um, I'm going for a 2-0 win. We could be out the bottom three come Tuesday evening. We will be if we win. We'll be back on Wednesday with the full reaction to uh, our trip to Brunton Park and a look ahead to the Derby game on Saturday against Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. Up the ticks and come on! Come on! Come on, lads. <laughs>